It's time for JT the Brick. Always, always great to be with the Brick. This is how you do radio in a professional sports town, and this hasn't been a professional sports town. It was just UNLV basketball for how many decades? Now you got the Raiders, and you got the Golden Knights. It's big boy radio. JT the Brick. Hey, JT, how you doing, man? My radio show's a little bit more intense. It gets a little bit more crazy. It gets a little bit more emotional. It's Big Boy Radio. And now, here's JT the Brick. And filling in for JT today, here's Harry Ruiz. July 1st, 2022. It's Independence Day weekend out here in Las Vegas, and it gets wild. Stay safe there, Raider Nation. Be safe. If you drink, don't drive. Careful with those dangerous fireworks. Have a good time because July is the last month of 2022 without a Raiders football game. Yes, training camp is right around the corner. In just a couple of weeks, the players will be reporting again at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. Rookies are scheduled to be there on July 18th. And we know DC, he's always there as early as he can, not only in the time of the day, but also the day. So more than likely, he'll be there also on July 18th. And then the 20th, all the veterans report, and it's on Raider Nation. It's on. The competition, it's going to be real. Everybody's going to be fighting for their spot. Everybody is going to be trying to either keep their starting position, earn a starting position, or earn a spot on the 53-man roster. The season is right around the corner. August 4th, we got lucky. We got an extra preseason game. I know that a lot of folks don't like watching preseason. I prefer regular season, that's for sure. But I ain't going to say no to a preseason game, an extra one. August 4th, we got the Hall of Fame game, and especially knowing that the Raiders have a new coaching staff, a new general manager, new folks scouting the squad. So it's good that the Raiders have this extra preseason game. And talk everything Raiders football, I got to talk to the Raiders insider with the Review Journal and, of course, the Las Vegas here Right here, Raider Nation, Radio 920 AM, Vinny Bonsignor. Now back to the JT The Brick Show. And it's time to go inside the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor. Sponsored by Embajador Tequila and presented by the Realty One Group. Vinny, how you doing, man? You even got an intro prepared for you and everything. You're big time, man. (laughs) I'm fancy, Harry. I'm fancy, man. How are you doing, brother? Doing fantastic. Joining out here, the Raider Nation radio family has been fantastic, so it's been a blast. And now I get a chance to talk to you. I only follow you on social media and enjoy your social media game, which, which, by the way, is great. Check them out on Twitter. But now getting to chat with you is even greater. So, and, and we were like two ships passing in the uh, in the Lotus uh, broadcasting hallway uh, uh, this morning. So it was nice to see you this morning, brother. Absolutely. So, Vinny, July, literally the last month of the year without a Raiders football game. August fourth, that preseason game against the Jacksonville Jaguars. How different is it having now that extra game? Because it used to be four, now it's three. Having that fourth game, how important will it be for the coaching staff and the players? Yeah, and first off, can we just let it marinate, Harry, that next month there will be Raiders football, there will be NFL football. Can we let's just let's just let that marinate for one second because uh this is the best time not the best time of year, but we're getting so close to the best time of year and just the thought of Raider football uh, and NFL football is enough to get uh, pretty darn excited. But you're right. 
Um, you know, having that fourth preseason game, remember, uh, the NFL has gone down to three preseason games. They added a 17th regular season game last year, so that was the first year under that format. Uh, but, you know, uh, moving into 2022, a new Raiders coaching staff, uh, lots of new players as well, um, some big-time uh, new players, and Devontae Adams and, and Chandler Jones, a new offense, a new defense. Uh, there's a lot to bite off right now, and I know the Raiders have been uh, really busy at work during their off-season program. They're on a little bit of a hiatus right now, uh, but they're going to be back at it here in a couple of weeks, and they got to hit the ground running. Um, and and to, to be able to have one extra game uh, to just try to get things uh, straight, be able to assess players, there's going to be some tough cuts uh, coming up. Um, don't know what how much, I was just doing a story about this for the Review Journal, how much are the starters going to play in preseason? Um, you know, that ha- it's been far, few and far between the last few years under John Gruden. Uh, the Patriots historically have played some of their starters. Is Josh McDaniels going to bring that uh, element here? So, um, there's a lot to, to ask and a lot to be curious about, but I think just the fact that they have an extra game has, is bound to help. Absolutely. You read my mind right there. I was about to ask you, do you think the Raiders will give some snaps to starters, to second-year players? Because I was shocked last year that we didn't get to see a Henry Ruggs or a Brian Edwards in preseason action, which I thought would have been very beneficial for both, but we didn't. Do you think this year with the new regime, with Josh McDaniels at the helm, that might change for the Raiders? And of course, we'll know a little bit more once we get to talk with Coach McDaniels again, but in your opinion, should they and do you think they will you know um i go back and forth on this and i always tell this story you know i used to cover the rams um back in the day and they made a coaching change to sean mcbay right uh it's a new head coach a new defensive coordinator in wade phillips jared goff was going into his first year as a full-time starter he had only played a few games the year before uh, a new offensive line a bunch of new wide receivers uh, a whole bunch of changes sean mcbay in his first year he didn't play one starter a lick in preseason, everybody, including myself, were, what is this guy doing? He's overthinking it. You got to get these players out there. It's a new system. Week one, Indianapolis Colts, LA Coliseum, the Raiders score, or the Rams score 42, 47 points, I think it was. Uh, they blow, uh, uh the Colts, uh, out of the water, uh, and it was on from there. They didn't need the preseason, not even one iota, even with the new system and a new coach and a bunch of new players. So I, I think about that when I think about, gosh, the Raiders have to get out there, right? The starters have to play. It's a new coach. It's a new defensive coordinator. They got to play, right? Well, maybe not necessarily. Exactly. And you talk about new players. And I know the sexy name is Devontae Adams because he's considered, if not the best wide receiver in the league, at least you got to say one of the best wide receivers in the league. One guy that I'm keeping my eye on, though, is Keelan Cole. A lot of folks didn't know about him until the Raiders signed him. And you look at his stats and you look at those numbers he was able to get with franchises that are picking top five in the NFL draft almost every single year, like the Jacksonville Jaguars and the New York Jets. Can this guy end up burning a spot with the squad? Because I see all those 53-man projections. And, for example, Paul Gutierrez, who we all respect a lot, uh, he didn't have him on him. But most, almost everybody else does. And I think he can be a guy that's going to be providing a lot of stats for these Raiders, too. Well, Harry, what, you're, uh, what, what I think you're getting at, too, and rightfully so, when you talk about playing uh, on a bunch of teams or at least a couple of teams that, were, had t- that, can, that annually, it seemed, had top five picks, what we're really saying is that there were a bunch of nobodies at quarterback or influx at quarterback or, you know, a revolving door at quarterback. This is a wide receiver who's probably played with a whole bunch of quarterbacks. 
and some that aren't that good uh, in his last couple of stays, uh, and two, and you know, or you know, some youngsters as well that that haven't quite figured it out. Uh, so, you know, you're only as good as a wide receiver a lot of times uh, as your quarterback, right? And um, if you're not getting stability at that position, it's hard as a wide receiver to be putting up, you know, significant numbers. But even in spite of that, he actually had some pretty good years um, and has been productive when he's been on the football field. Uh, so you bring him here uh, with, with the Raiders with obviously, obviously stability at, at, at quarterback. Um, you've got a bunch of veterans around him. I think he's going to find his niche, and it's 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 interesting because people talk about, well, who's that third wide receiver going to be? Um, you know, we know it's going to be Hunter Renfro and Devontae Adams and uh, Darren Waller, obviously at tight end, are the primary weapons. Um, I don't necessarily think you're going to see a ton of three wide receiver steps. I think you're going to see a lot of two tight end with Foster Moreau, Hunter Renfro, Devontae Adams, and 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 um, and, and and Hunter and, and Darren Waller. Uh, but then, you know, when you do bring in um, three wide receivers, I think that's going to fluctuate. I think Keelan Cole is going to be in that mix, and I think situationally a Demarcus Robinson uh, will be in that mix, and, um, you know, uh, Mac Hollins, maybe when they get in the red zone or need, you know, a, a possession-type receiver to go get, you know, five or six big yards or tough yards. I think that third wide receiver is going to be by committee. Um, I don't necessarily think it's it's important that they identify one particular guy, and I do believe Keelan Cole is going to be in that mix and get utilized in ways that tap into his skill set. Absolutely, and then you look back at last year, and we all thought about the competition there was going to be in the wide receiver position when the Raiders ended up signing uh, John Brown, and then right now off the top of my head, and I ended up meeting him, and I forget his name. He also ended up asking for his release, former Baltimore Raven. Uh, But there were two wide receivers, two vets that the Raiders brought in to be not only competition, but everybody thought they were going to be Willie Sneed. There you go. Willie, yeah, the slot wide receiver, right? Yeah, Willie Sneed and John Brown, and it was like week five, and, well, John Brown didn't even make it out of the preseason. He has to be released, and then Willie Sneed did the same. They wanted opportunities elsewhere because they saw the Raiders and the way that they had their squad built, and they were like, yeah, we ain't going to get much action out here. And the Raiders, they get, once again have a wide receiver room that, in my opinion, is going to be very competitive. Yeah, I think Willie Sneed said, uh, yeah, Hunter Renfro, uh, that's my position. Um, I'm not going to be <laughs> cracking the lineup too too often uh, with, with Hunter in, in front of me. Um, and then obviously, you know, going into last season uh, anyway, uh, Henry Ruggs was the, was the big speed guy. That's kind of what John Brown uh, provided. And, and, and so, you know, there were other opportunities, I'm sure he felt and the Raiders felt uh, elsewhere. But, but here's the thing that, that's really interesting to me about that wide receiver room now. Uh, it is highly competitive. Um, you have some, you know, obvious, uh, you know, uh, anchors in Devontae Adams and, and Hunter Renfro. But when you start talking about the depth of Keelan and you start talking about the depth of Demarcus Robinson and and um, and, and Mac Hollins, you're also talking about veteran players, proven players. You know, they may not have the biggest numbers in the world. Uh, but they've shown over the course of their careers that they could be viable, productive players that you could rely on. Um, they also bring things special teams-wise, situational-wise. Um, you can count on them. They're going to be there when you need them, uh, all those types of things. 
And also, uh, and for me, this is a big key. When you're talking about veteran players like that, um, guys like Keelan Cole, who's moved around a little bit, same with Matt Collins, uh, and Demarcus Robinson is a, is, a, is a savvy veteran. You know, when you're talking about the fact that the Raiders are implementing a new offense, rather than teaching a new offense to a bunch of young kids that are just getting their feet wet and may not know uh, the, the ways uh, to, to expedite that process in terms of absorbing the offense, you've got veteran players that have been there, done that. And I've got to figure that's going to expedite uh, that process so that it's a little bit more of a smoother transition um, moving to this Josh McDaniels offense, knowing that you've got a bunch of veterans that are learning, at, learning it rather than a bunch of young kids. Of course. And then if we go to the pro football focus, the rankings, which have been a talk of the town with the Raiders being ranked 21st with the talent level in the roster, you go to the wide receiver position and they put together the wide receivers and the tight ends and they rank the Raiders number five, only behind Philadelphia, Miami, Tampa and Cincinnati. I went from four to one, not one through four. And they got him in tier one in elite. So, you know, DC is going to have great weapons to throw to. We're talking, of course, with Vinny Vonsignor. You listen to his voice every day here on Raider Nation Radio on the morning tailgate. And you can read his amazing articles on the Review Journal. Vinny, it's hard to ask a fan base like the Raider Nation for patience. I mean, it's been 19 seasons in a row without a playoff win. But... I think that patience would pay off if they give Alex Leatherwood a chance. Yeah, and uh, he's you know a, a big key to this uh, to this whole thing. And I know I just uh, put out a tweet, and I'm I, I'm doing a story about it as well uh, about how you know Alex Leatherwood's rookie grade from PFF uh, was just slightly worse uh, than Colton Miller's. Um, and then Colton Miller made a big jump in his second year, then to his third year, then to then to his fourth year. Um, he's gone from a 49. Graded player overall out of 100 to last year, 84. He's a really good player and a really good example of what can happen if you just do have patience. And I know I got some pushback uh, from some people that, well, he was hurt um, in his rookie year. Okay, that's fine. Um, but he also wasn't moving positions like Alex Leatherwood had had to. He wasn't coming from college from a left tackle to then playing right tackle to then playing right guard. He didn't have, Colt Miller didn't have, veteran uh, players that the Raiders were counting on to be mentors alongside Alex Wood uh, or Alex Leatherwood, uh, no longer there because of injuries. There was a lot on Alex Leatherwood's plate last year. I know it might not have been the injury factor that, um, you know, that was a factor with Colton Miller's, um, you know, uh, uh, rookie season, but there were other extenuating circumstances uh, that really challenged him uh, quite a bit, different challenges than health, but challenges nonetheless. Uh, I think the the point is, and the key is, uh, progress. Historically, progress gets made. There is precedent for guys getting better. Um, you know, Colton Miller went from a 49 to a 62 to a 73 to an 84. Um, those, that's what you want to see. Just guys getting continually getting better. And sometimes that takes patience, especially uh, along the offensive line. Um, their circumstances are different. I get that. But there's no reason when you look at Alex Leatherwood, you look at the intelligence, you look at the physicality, you look at the length, you look at the size, the power uh, that he has, the athletic ability that he has, that he can't start putting it together and delivering a much better uh, second season. It doesn't even have to be an all-star level season. Colton Miller's second season wasn't an all-star second season, but there was progress. And I think that if Alex Leatherwood could show that kind of uh, a path forward, you can expect him to continue that in year three and year four. There's no guarantees that it's going to happen, um, but I think that it would be a mistake for people to write him off after one rookie season. 
Yeah, and we can even say the same thing about the Brandon Parkers and the John Simpsons, who had the most snaps they've ever had in their careers last year. Why? Because of the movement there was on the Raiders' offensive line, which, by the way, they were cursed the last two years with injuries. So I'm knocking on wood, and hopefully they're able to stay healthy early in the year, in week one, week two, week three, and then keep it going the rest of the season. Because injuries, they're going to happen. We just hope they don't happen as much as as often out here in the silver and black. Vinny, I got to ask you also about the running back position. We didn't see Josh Jacobs or Kenyon Drake out there in the the voluntary and the mandatory minicamp, voluntary OTAs and the mandatory minicamp. But running backs, they're guys that you just want to treat very carefully because they're the ones that get hit the most. What do you think about the Raiders uh, running back room this year? Yeah, well, you know, and assuming uh, that that Josh um, is, is healthy, and by all accounts, uh, I think it's more maintenance than anything else with Josh. He might be dealing with something, you know, uh, uh, minor or so. But you look at the pictures of him on social media. He was at Yankee Stadium the other day. He's been all smiles. He's been in the building. I think if if it was something more serious, we would have already heard about it. Uh, so I think that it's safe to assume he's going to be good to go uh, in training camp. Uh, and if that room is healthy, um, and that includes Kenyon Drake, uh, I feel like the Raiders are, have all their bases covered uh, at running back, along with uh, a young guy in Zamir White who, should anything happen to the top two guys, um, you know, uh, could, could ably step in. I think the plan for Zamir White is to get him in situationally, but also just sort of develop him and get him right, because we don't know um, what this running back room is going to look like this time next year. Um, Josh Jacobs essentially is going into the last year of his contract, as is Kenyon Drake. We don't even know if they're going to be on the roster next year. So somebody like a Zamir White um, is probably the heir apparent to one of those two guys, if not both of those players. Uh, but I think that the way it's structured in the running back room, you don't necessarily need him, barring injuries, you don't necessarily need him uh, to come in here and, and be an all-star player and highly productive player right off the bat. I think Josh Jacobs and Kenyon Drake um, can, can deliver that. And you look at a guy like Josh Jacobs, who um, there's no doubt that he's going to be playing with a little bit of a chip on his shoulder. He needs to show and wants to show um, that he's a viable back moving forward. I think one way or another he's going to land on his feet, even if it's not here in Las Vegas. Um, but I think that he's determined um, to show the rest of the league, including the Raiders, um, that, that he should be here for, for the long haul. It might not be on a big, huge kind of a contract. I think the Raiders have a pretty good idea of, of his value and how they value that position. And if something can work out, especially if he has a, a, a nice season, um, that would be great. Uh, but, uh, but if not, I think he's going to land on his feet. And I think you're, what the bottom line is, you're going to get a highly motivated Josh Jacobs. And if he can stay healthy and that offensive line uh, can, can improve, um, he might be in line for a really big season. Yeah, and I've been saying since they announced that the Raiders announced that the first-round picks from 2019 didn't get their options picked up, the fifth-year options, I'm like, hey, guess what? This is an audition for them to get an extension for the Raiders in the future or to get signed by other teams. They want to keep playing in the NFL, so believe me, they're going to go out there and they're going to do their best to – Get those stats up, and guess what? If they get good stats, that's good for the Raiders. We're talking with Vinny Vonsignor, Familia, here at Raider Nation Radio 920 AM, and, of course, with the Las Vegas Review-Journal. Uh, Vinny, Patrick Graham, how long is he going to be the Raiders' defensive coordinator? Is another team going to come in and swoop him up and make him a head coach soon? You know, that's a great question, and uh, I think the answer is yes, um, especially if this Raiders' defense 
um, can show uh, you know improvement. Uh, I think he's already uh, majorly on the on the radar of a lot of teams out there. So I think his time uh, is absolutely uh, coming. So um, you know, and that would be great for him. Um, you know, uh, he deserves uh, an opportunity to be a head coach. Uh, I think it's a great situation here um, in Las Vegas for him. Uh, but it could be uh, a, a short tenure, um, and and that's a good thing. You want to see everybody uh, be able to move up and on in their careers. Yeah, and you want to have folks with short tenures if that means that your team got better in one way or the other and if he gets a coaching job elsewhere that means that the Raiders defense performed and the Raiders defense hasn't performed very well or well at a great status at a great way the last couple of years I mean you look at 2020 most points received ever by a Raiders defense that was 2020 and the team still went eight and eight last year it had uh it didn't have a high ceiling but the floor wasn't low they were they kept the team in games this year there's potential to potent to be up there in the one of the some of the in the upper half of the league right Vinny? um yeah i i, I think so um you know uh, there's there's an opportunity for that and you know, for me, when I look at the Raiders' defense, you know you're getting um, guys that can alter games and tilt the field in your direction in guys like Max Crosby uh, and, and, and Chandler Jones. These are guys, you know, with whether it's a, a big sack on a third down or a strip sack that turns the ball over and gives your offense, you know, field position. Uh, those guys have shown that they can do that without question. Chandler Jones is one of the best uh, at doing that. Uh, but then when you know, so so those are those are pretty much givens. Uh, but when I look at this Raiders defense, and for the first time since I've been covering them, I can point to a couple of different guys that I feel like have an opportunity um, to be guys that don't just man positions, but become playmakers, can be playmakers. Nate Hobbs to me is somebody with a creative defensive mind uh, like Patrick Graham can be utilized in a whole bunch of different ways as a playmaker, not just somebody that's you know playing his position, which he does very well, but as a pass rusher, uh, scheming him up uh, to make plays in pass coverage, uh, all sorts of things, because I think he's got that kind of a skill set. I also think Trayvon Morig um, can be that kind of a player, uh, and maybe even a divine Diablo. Uh, but you're, you're talking about three, to me, young, ascending defensive players I think there's a, there's a comfort level that they're going to be here for a little while and not just be here but get better. Uh, and Nate Hobbs is already pretty darn good. So, and you haven't really been able to say that very much uh, or very often about a Raiders defense um, in, in the last few years. Uh, it's always been, you know, you're just kind of hoping or, or, you know, counting on or gambling or, or just keeping your fingers crossed sometimes at certain positions that guys are going to be able to get it done. I think for the first time in a while, You've got a bunch of guys or a handful of guys that aren't just, you know, out there playing a position, but, but could be uh, assets as playmakers. And uh, if they can do that, you know, if they can get that kind of production out of a Diablo and a Nate Hobbs and a Trevon Morg, uh, all of a sudden you can start seeing this defense, you know, creeping up into that area that you're, that you're talking to. But even if they can get to 19, even 20 right now in points scored, as good as this offense is going to be, um, that, that has a chance to make a huge difference. And the best part about those three guys that you said, the Raiders drafted them, and they drafted them last year. So there's potential for having these guys be cornerstones in the Raiders' defense for years to come. So I got one last question for you, Vinny. All righty. Binoculars or telescope? Which ones are you get taking to training camp? 
<laughs> very good, very good. We may we may may need to get up in that helicopter. You got some connections, man. Uh, let's get up in the helicopter and, and and use the telescope from the from the helicopter. Hover over uh, Henderson uh, to get a to get a a nice vantage point. But I'm I'm definitely going to invest in some binoculars. Um, uh, although we don't know what it's going to look like, maybe they were just you know uh, pulling a little bit of an end around. Maybe that's what was going on. A little reverse. Uh, to trick us into thinking we're not going to get a good vantage point, maybe maybe we're all going to be pleasantly surprised uh, when training camp occurs. Although I'm not holding my breath. I got my fingers crossed. I hope so too. Vinny Vonsignor, beat writer for the Review Journal. He's your Raiders insider, of course, here at Raider Nation Radio, nine twenty a.m. You can listen to him on the morning tailgate, seven a.m. to ten a.m. Vinny, you got some tequila ready for the Fourth of July weekend? Of course, you know I got some Embajador tequila. Now, now that's that's a given right there. Sharing that's, is caring, that's my, my friend. Chandler Jones and Max Crosby uh, up on the uh, pass rush. So, sharing is caring. So there you go. I hope okay. I get I All can right. get some soon. Challenge, All right? challenge is accepted. There you go. Thank you so much to Vinny Vonsignor, Raider Nation, Radio 920 AM. You can listen to him here Monday through Friday, 7 AM through 10 AM. Let's go to a break. Raider Nation here on the JT The Brick Show. Coming up, we got Danny Crisostomo, the captain for the Las Vegas Lights FC. They got a home game tomorrow here in Las Vegas at Cashman Field as they go for four wins in a row. This is the JT The Brick Show. We'll come right back after this break. Kyrie Irving is telling everybody he plans on going to L.A., meaning the Lakers, as soon as he possibly can. The likelihood is that you'll have to go through this season, and then when he becomes a free agent after this upcoming season is over, he plans on rejoining LeBron James in a Los Angeles Lakers uniform. They'll have about 70 to $80 million under the cap. They're going to use it on Kyrie Irving, or so Kyrie Irving has been convinced to believe. This NBA free agency is Wild. And Kyrie, he wants to go over to the Lakers, be with LeBron, reunion, go for another ring with the King. But now in Los Angeles, it's definitely going to be interesting. And something that has been very interesting the last couple of weeks is what the Las Vegas Lights FC are doing in downtown Las Vegas at Cashman Field. Because for the first time in franchise history, the team has won three consecutive games. And on the line right now, we have the team captain, Danny Crisostomo. They're on the road. They're coming on their way to Las Vegas for tomorrow's game. How are you, Danny? Doing good, man. How are you? Doing fantastic. So three wins in a row, back into a playoff spot. Been way more competitive than last year. Already surpassed your point tally in 2022 compared to 2021. What has been the difference this year compared to last? Um, I think we all learned from last year in terms of how, how tough it was. And we learned from our mistakes, both as a coaching staff, players, and also the players that we're bringing in understand the level that we want to compete at. So it was a learning experience, and now we've taken it a step further this year. 
Last week, you guys beat Phoenix Rising, one of the best squads in the whole league, 3-2. to two. For the second time, you guys beat them this year. And you were selected to the USL Championship Team of the Week because in two of those three goals, you were accredited with an assist. And the third goal, you pretty much gave the pass before the assist. So you were involved in all three goals. How important is it for you to be recognized by the whole league as one of the best players in last week? Um, yeah, it's always an honor when you get represented like that. But at the end of the day, it's more more, it's more important than the team win. Um, so it's great that we got the three points. Everyone played really well, showed you know how good we can be on our day, and we just got to roll that into tomorrow. Last year, you guys were a very young squad. This year, you're a young squad. You guys still got a lot of young players around you. How important is it for you as a veteran that has been in the league in the previous years to bring these guys up with you and help them and t try to take them to the next level? Because we've seen a lot of growth with those young guys that you guys have in Lights FC. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, I think it comes down to them just how they are individually. Uh, everyone wants to learn, has that desire to push themselves to become better, and I'm I just play that role in teaching them what I know so far and, you know, leading the team in any way I can. Uh, but ultimately, it's their own effort that's making a difference because they want to do better for themselves, which therefore affects how great the team's going to be in. So for folks that don't live in Las Vegas and don't know the situation right now with the Las Vegas Lights FC, you guys are an affiliate with LAFC, which, by the way, congratulations. Last year you played with them. You got signed by them. You got a short-term loan with them earlier this year. So that's pretty cool for you being out there in the MLS. But you guys actually live in Los Angeles and practice with Los Angeles. So that makes pretty much every game you guys play a road game. How hard is that for you guys? Oh, you know, we did it last year. It's obviously tough. Um, we're, glad we're traveling double the amount of everyone. But you know what? Like we say, every day in training, there's no excuses. Um, at the end of the day, we want to win every weekend. And whether we're travel whether we live in Vegas or we're traveling from LA, it doesn't matter. There's no excuses, and we hold ourselves to that standard in order to get the results that we need. So as tough as it can be, it doesn't really matter at the end of the day because we're competitors and we want to win. We're talking with Danny Crisostomo, captain for the Las Vegas Lights FC, the pro soccer team here in town. They got a home game tomorrow at Cashman Field against Detroit. Danny, I got to ask you, how much does it help you guys to be able to practice with LAFC guys, with the MLS team out there in Los Angeles? Because I could imagine that rubbing off on you guys and being like, hey, we can be better at this. Let's get better at this. And being with competitors like Carlos Vela out there, it only makes you guys better, right? Yeah, of course. So anytime you're around um, a higher level, you turn up your game and you learn new things and you start adjusting to that level. So it's definitely a plus. It also gives players something to look up to and something that they want to achieve, and it's definitely a possibility for everyone. So kind of just the fact that it's there in front of your face helps push everyone to become better day in, day out. Do you, do you like European soccer, uh, Danny? Yeah, of course. So I got to ask you, I'm pretty sure you've watched Real Madrid and Juventus the last couple of years, the last decade. Uh, how excited are you that you're going to get to not only meet, but practice and be next to guys like Gareth Bell and Giorgio Cellini in the next couple of weeks? Uh, I mean, obviously, they they both have had great careers, you know, and achieved things that, you know, players dream of achieving. Um, so it's definitely going to be a great thing to experience how they are, how professional they are the level that they hold themselves to and just 
learn from the knowledge that they've collected over the years. Um, so it's definitely going to just improve and enhance the environment that everyone's in. Yeah, so just to put it in perspective to the fans that are listening to us here in Las Vegas, Gareth Bale, he won the Champions League multiple times with Real Madrid. Giorgio Cellini, former captain for Juventus, and now he's with LAFC, and the guys with Lights FC, they practice with LAFC, so they're going to be rubbing shoulders with them, and they're going to be fighting with them on the field and learning from them. So in my opinion, that's pretty freaking cool, and that makes you guys want to be better every single day, and that's the kind of level that they're putting out on the field. So Detroit, it's an Eastern Conference opponent. You guys didn't face many Eastern Conference opponents in the past, but now with the league, how it's changing, you guys have been able to play the likes of Memphis, and now you guys are getting Detroit. How cool is it to be playing teams that in the past you guys weren't able to get a chance to compete against? I mean, it's always great when you get to play against teams that you know aren't in your conference or on the West Coast. So, you know, whether it's different playing styles or just uh, a new challenge, it's, uh, it's always exciting. So we're all looking forward to the game tomorrow and to get the three points. And game days out here in Las Vegas, how are they for you guys? And how's has that experience been playing in front of your home fan base? And I know also a lot of you guys are from California, so you guys got families driving out from Cali to watch you guys play out here in Las Vegas. How has that experience been? Yeah, I mean, the Vegas fans have been great. Um, you know, obviously last year wasn't the prettiest, but they were still great for us. And this year we wanted to, you know, turn it up a notch, not only for ourselves, but for them. Uh, we know they, they love us. They love coming to the games. Um, and they create a great atmosphere at Cashman. So, you know, anytime we get to play in front of them and, you know, it's close enough to our families to come, we want to put on the best performance possible. Of course. And Danny, you're from California. Your family's from Peru. I see a lot of folks on social media every time that you play that you do some big things that, fortunately, it's been often uh, show you love out there. Uh, Peru, how's that been for you? And do you think about playing for them someday? Yeah, I mean, it's great. Yeah, my parents are from Peru, so it's uh, definitely helped kind of expand the fact that people talk about it over there. Um, so it's been been lucky and blessed to be putting in good results and performances. It's definitely a cool thing and, you know, obviously everyone dreams of playing for a national team one day and, you know, it will be an honor. So. Yeah, Danny has been showing a lot of quality over there in the midfield with Las Vegas Lights FC, a part of the expanding face of professional sports out here in Las Vegas. MLS out here in Las Vegas, there's a lot of rumors, and actually the league has shown interest of coming to Las Vegas. You, formerly playing in LAFC a couple of games last year, a couple of games this year, do you think MLS would be successful here in Vegas? Yeah, I think uh, definitely. I think Vegas is a city that everyone uh, loves to go to. So for them to be able to host an MLS team there, and build a, I'm sure they'll build a terrific stadium. And the fans in Vegas have shown to be amazing. So I think it's definitely a hot spot and definitely would be a good move I'm gonna... for an MLS team to be there. I'm sorry. I'm going to put you on the spot, Danny, because you're, in my opinion, one of the guys that every time I get asked, who should I keep my eye on on Lights FC? I always either say you or Danny Trejo. It was like you two or ballers. You guys ball every time you guys are on the field. If you had to tell me two or three teammates on your squad that we got to keep an eye on because they can do big things, who would you say they are? <laughs> That's a good one. Um, to be fair, I mean, 
I think it's everybody. I think everyone needs to understand that maybe not everybody's the flashiest player, but there's a lot of guys who do the dirty work that end up uh, helping everybody get the three points. It's, you know, a save, you know, blocking across, defending and making those late runs that nobody wants to, scoring, assisting, whatever it is. Uh, so I think just in regards of rather focusing on individuals, it's more important to focus on what the group is doing for each other and how everybody's willing to compete and win. So I'll ask you one last question before letting you go. Enrique Duran is your coach this season with Las Vegas Heights FC. He was a, an assistant coach last year, and this franchise has been popular for bringing in flashy names as head coaches. You go over to Chelis in the first year, Eric Winalda, uh, Steve Chirundolo, which all are very popular. But this year, you got a guy like Enrique Duran who... Not a lot of folks know, but you go and check out his history, and he's been in the LAFC system pretty much since they got founded. He won the CONCACAF Under-13 Champions League, and now he's got some of the players that he coached when they were under-13 playing with Las Vegas Lights FC. What can you tell me about Enrique Duran and the way that he has helped you guys grow in the system? Yeah, um, you know, Enrique was part of the coaching staff last year, um, so this year he's taken on a different role as head coach. And, you know, it's just kind of keeping the high level every day in training. And he opens up to a high standard um, in regards to film and his coaching staff, the hours that they put in, the details that they put in. Um, and that all of that is contagious for the whole culture that we're trying to create for the team, um, which therefore translates the results on the field. Um, he's a very passionate guy, loves what he does, which increases everybody's intensity throughout training and in games. So... The fact that he is like that sets the tone for the rest of the coaching staff and the players. Um, and that's the kind of the mindset that we all go in together um, every game. Lights FC, they face Detroit City FC tomorrow at Cashman Field at 7.30. Go and head out the home. Go head out to downtown Las Vegas and support the home squad. Danny Crisostomo, muchísimas gracias. Thank you so much for joining me here on the JT The Brick Show on Radio Nation Radio. Thank you for having me. Take care. There he goes, team captain. Lights FC, it's an interesting team. Like, they always want to put on a show for the fans outside the field. But this year, they're doing it on the field as well. And that's the perfect combination where you're able to entertain the fans while there's no action on the field, pregame show, halftime show, postgame. That's something that the front office takes care of. But on the field, they had been struggling to find the right formula to get a winning team to Las Vegas soccer-wise. And this year, they've been able to put out a great, a great product. And we just spoke with team captain Danny Crisostomo. Danny Trejo, no, not Machete, not the actor. This guy's a soccer player, and he's a really good soccer player. He's scored nine goals, I think, this year so far. He's great. Cal Jennings, who's a low knee from LAFC, he has put up great numbers. He's now the team-leading scorer and assist guy in franchise history. They're great quality guys, and I think from last year where they struggled and were one of the worst teams in the league, they've only grown since then. So it's part of the menu the sports menu you have out here in las vegas in the past bobby was telling us yesterday you didn't have anything out here when he moved out here in the early 90s and now if you like soccer there's soccer if you like basketball well 
They're coming soon, but go to the Summer League next week. If you like hockey, you got the Golden Knights. If you like football, you got the Raiders. You even got the Nighthawks out there in Henderson. And, of course, hockey, they got the Henderson Silver Knights as well. If you like sports, Vegas is the place to be. MLS, they already expressed interest. And for a hot minute, there was the possibility for the team to be hosted at Allegiant Stadium to keep filling those dates. Instead of having the stadium without any events, add an MLS team. There you go. 20 more games in there. 20 days that it's going to be busy. But MLS doesn't like football stadiums to be used if you're not packing it every single week. And let's be honest. I don't think right here, right now, the city of Vegas is ready to have 60,000 fans at a soccer game every single week or every other week during soccer season. But... If they build a 20,000-seat stadium or a 25,000-seat stadium out here in Vegas, which the MLS wants, I think it can be something successful. So Las Vegas Lights FC there in downtown Las Vegas this weekend, and smartly so, they got very few games the next couple of months. They only play twice at home this month and twice at home next month. Why? Because in case you haven't been out here in Vegas in a while, it gets hot out here. So... You don't want to be playing outdoors when it's 189 degrees. So the lights, they play here tomorrow. Go and check them out. And it's going to be definitely a fun game against Detroit City FC. Thanks to team captain Danny Crisostomo for joining us. Raider Nation, let's hit another break. And we're going to come back to close the show. The JT The Brick Show is brought to you by Sam and Ash at Sam and Ash Injury Law, our personal injury lawyers here in, California, in Nevada and California. They have it all. So check them out. They take the pressure off you. Let's go to a break and we'll be right back to close the week here on the JT The Brick Show. Who do you like watching in the league right now? I was wondering, saying, what you like? Do you have rooting interests? You know? Yeah, I mean, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna name the guys that I'm super tight with. Like, I like watching CP play, but like, like the guy for me right now is Book. I love watching Book. Play. <laughs> I was gonna say beautiful book. game, like, beautiful game. I was gonna say Book too. He just, this is a pretty game for one, but I, I, I just think he's really mastering who he is right now. He's figuring it out, like how to play at an elite level, but still win. Because he's he always was scoring the ball, but he knows how to win. There's Kevin Durant on April 22nd. Dang, Devin Booker's one of his favorite players in the league's league because he knows how to win. And guess what? Now Kevin Durant is requesting a trade, and supposedly two of the places he's he would like to go to are Phoenix with Booker and Miami. So that's definitely something that we're going to keep an eye on. I'm Harry Ruiz. We're here on the JT The Brick Show. JT isn't in the office today because he's been doing big things the last couple of days. He's been hosting the Jim Rome Show out in LA, going back to his roots where everything began. JT The Brick, today he had Max Crosby as a guest Unfortunately, Max's signal on the phone wasn't great, so it wasn't a very long interview. They did it pretty quick, but I loved one of the questions that JT asked Mad, asked Mad Max about, and here's I'm just going to let you hear it. You know, Max, I'm in L.A. here today, and the Chargers 
are talking about, and the media mostly talks about the Chargers, and they made some really good moves. In Kansas City, you've been battling. I don't have to tell you how good Kansas City is, and Russell Wilson is now in the division, but you know, for the Raiders, do you feel there's a lack of respect if people are picking you fourth in the division or say you're behind the Chargers in Denver when technically you're not and you knocked the Chargers out of the playoffs last year and you've won four in a row against Denver? Does that get into the locker room? Do you guys hear that background noise? Um, you know, me personally, it's just white noise. You know, at the end of the day, what matters is when we go out in the field and go against each other. The off season is for, you know, headlines and predictions, but we're the Raiders. You know, we're, we're used to being, being counted out. And We're the Raiders. We're used to being counted out. Is that is what Max Crosby said. He said, we're used to it. He didn't say it's going to happen. So Raider Nation, whenever you guys say, why does everybody else say this? Why does everybody else say that? Why don't they have the Raiders as a top five team or a top 10 team or the rankings that PFF put out there? The Raiders roster ranked number 21st. Number 21 in the NFL, which is number 12 in the AFC. The Raiders were a playoff team last year despite all the drama, and they put the Raiders number 21 in the league. Well, bulletin board material. Let the league talk trash. Let other players, let everybody else say what they want to say. The Raiders, they got to show that they have potential, and the only way to do so is on the field. And training camp is right around the corner. July 18th, in a week and a half. Sorry, two weeks and a half. You got the rookies reporting. July 20th, pretty much three weeks away. You got the veterans reporting. And then it's on August 4th, a little bit over a month away. Preseason game number one of the season. Hall of Fame game against the Jaguars. First time ever that Josh McDaniels is going to be coaching the Raiders on a football field for real against another team. So we'll keep that absolutely in mind and we'll get focused on that very soon before saying goodbye today i gotta talk a little bit about baseball because the two best teams in the national league west started a four-game series yesterday in blue heaven on earth and the dodgers they eked out a win it was a close game and it was all thanks to justin turner high ball center field christian going back way back way back and it is gone a home run now two home runs in 34 games He's three for three tonight, and the Dodgers now take the lead. It's three to one on a two-run shot by Justin Turner. Justin Turner, he hit two home runs off of Joe Musgrove, the starting pitcher for the San Diego Padres, who after the game said, when he's in the box, I don't feel like he's a huge threat. Out of all the guys in the lineup, I didn't feel like he was a huge threat. Well, guess what, buddy? The Dodgers won because JT... Rojo Fregon, he ended up getting two blasts off of you, and it was a 3-1 to win for the boys in blue. They now have a two-and-a-half game lead in the National League West over the San Diego Padres. The Padres want to say it's a rivalry with the Dodgers. The Dodgers have a rivalry against the Giants, and that's it in the division. Everybody else, they're there. Yeah, Padres, you guys got potential, but you haven't made it. Not yet. Keep trying. The Dodgers, they're the kings of the West even though they didn't win the division last year. But they ended up eliminating the Giants in the divisional round. So we'll keep that in mind, the Dodgers. You just got to keep winning. They got a lot of injuries right now. So it's definitely interesting. Three more games tonight, tomorrow at National TV, and also on Sunday. All three of them are in L.A. The next 10 games for the Dodgers are at Dodgers Stadium. Sorry, Raider Nation. I had to throw it in there. 
A lot of Padres are getting on my case, so I had to talk about my Dodgers here today on Raider Nation Radio. All right, Raider Nation, have an amazing 4th of July weekend, and we're going to be back here on Raider Nation Radio on Tuesday. We got the day off. Thanks to the bosses for giving us the day off on 4th of July. We want to thank Sam and Ash, Grimaldi's Pizzeria, Resorts World, Remy Martin, Virgin Hotels, and Resort for supporting the JT The Brick Show. And coming up next here on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM, we got Unnecessary Roughness with Q. And Damon is in as well. Check him out. Thank you, Raider Nation. Have a fantastic weekend and stay safe.